Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here, bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. And in today's episode, I am joined by Rob and Kennedy of The Email Marketing Show. Now, this episode is actually done over two parts. So you're going to hear part one today, and you're going to hear part two next week. And the reason we have done that is when we started recording, there was just so much gold that I didn't want to stop the recording. And this is something you can really pick up as a podcaster. If you're working with a guest and they're giving you absolute gold for your audience and you don't want to turn off that recording, but you don't want to create a really, really long episode because you know people will drop off, then I really want to encourage you to do what I've done in this actual episode and split it into two parts. So in part one today, what we're going to be doing is talking a lot about their show, The Email Marketing Show, and specifically what I really liked about this conversation is just some different ideas about how to grow a podcast. And I want to go into these a bit uniquely. So when we had this discussion, one of the ideas that was dropped is rather than promoting your podcast on social media and trying to push it out in that respect, they're actually building their email list on social media and then taking people to their podcast from their email list. Now, obviously, these guys are very email focused, like their podcast is the email marketing show. But I thought it was a really different way to just think about how to grow a show and a different approach than many people are doing today. I see a lot of podcasters just spamming their episode links out on social and there are definitely different ways to think about it and better ways to think about it. So I thought that was a really interesting insight. I'm actually going to be trying some of the things they've mentioned in this episode myself to see how they go in my own show, but I really liked the different way of thinking about bringing people into your podcast. The other side of things which I thought was fascinating was creating a polarizing brand. And if you do listen to an episode of the email marketing show, one of the things you will notice is just how different their show is and how polarizing their show is. And what I mean by that, these guys are really fun. It's a really, really entertaining show. It is not a corporate stiff show. So if you go and listen to their podcast, it's an incredibly fun experience. There's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of laughter. It's it's a really, really entertaining experience. I quite enjoy the show. It's not a show where they're like super serious wearing suits and business. And I think that's important. I think what we all need to be looking for as podcasters is to be as polarizing as vegans, as religion, as politicians. Like there really are some things we can learn from that in creating a truly unique brand. And then lastly, what I love about this show is how these guys have had so much more success as they've gone more niche. So both Rob and Kennedy previously had a podcast that was just way too broad. Although it was an interesting podcast, it just tried to meet the needs of everyone instead of meeting the needs of a few. And I really do think that is one of the secrets to having success in podcasting today is having that niche, having a way to cut through and speak specifically to an audience. And time and time again, that has come up on this podcast. So that's what we're going to be covering in part one today. In part two of this episode, which will come out next week, it'll be number, uh, I won't say the number, but it'll be the next number, uh, will actually be where we talk about the system Rob and Ken use to book people in on their podcast and then have them promote once they've been on the podcast itself. It was such a good conversation that it needed its own episode from there. 
Now, before we head into this episode itself, I want to really encourage you to be one of our subscribers on Podcasters Edge. I'll make sure we do have a link to this. This is the best way to get regular updates from me on all things that are happening on podcasts. So please make sure you do come and jump on our email list. I will send exclusive updates and behind the scenes content that will make your podcast better, grow faster and monetize much more strongly. So let's head into this episode itself. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Here is part one with Rob and Kennedy. Welcome to the show, Rob and Kendi. How are you guys doing? Hey, good. Hey, thanks, really for good. Thanks, for thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Charlie. Oh, this, thanks this for being is, here. It's his podcast. This is why we've always got to be careful when we record two people or do a trio because it's like you, you really need to actually address who you want to talk in what order. Otherwise, uh, that exact thing can happen. Um, so very, very interesting on, on navigating this conversation and something we'll have to be aware of through the show. Now, listeners... Um, very happy and excited to have uh, both of these guys on. Um, really interesting that in the last week, they've done a 24-hour podcast that I was actually on, um, which was quite an adventure and possibly something we'll touch on through this episode. But just for context, and I'm going to call this one out to Rob, just for context of who you guys are and what you do. Um, Rob, can you please uh, tell us a little bit about the email marketing show and response suite? Yeah, so we've been had an unhealthy obsession with email marketing forever, as long as I can remember. And so when we came to think we wanted to start a new podcast, we were thinking, really, who do we want to help? Who do we want to serve? Uh, we created our brand, the Email Marketing Heroes, because we like a bit of cheese. And uh, along came the podcast, the Email Marketing Show. We played with some like clever names for it, uh, like you know, Inbox and various other things. And in the end, we thought, let's just call it the Email Marketing Show. And then everybody knows what the hell it is. Uh, so yeah, that's that's who we love to serve. Anyone who sells courses and training and stuff and does email marketing as part of that. Oh, sensational. And Kennedy, like, how did you guys team up to actually start this podcast and come together? Because uh, it seems like you guys must know each other really well. I've listened to a few episodes of the show and uh, your chemistry is strong. It's clear you guys aren't strangers. So how did this kind of come to be? Yeah. So Rob and I basically met probably I don't know, 17, 18, maybe longer years ago. Uh, basically, Rob is a hypnotist. So he makes people do hilarious com comedic things on stage at uh, in theatres and stuff like that. And I'm what they call a mentalist or a psychological mind reader. Basically, we're both obsessed with how you make people think and understand things. And we were both at a uh, convention for entertainers, magicians, and other related arts. And we just became friends from that. We've just we just were friends for absolutely years. And then we ended up starting a business together uh, for our software platform called Response Suite, which maybe we'll touch on later. Maybe we won't. We don't know. Um, <laughs> and we ended up starting that. And as part of that, we knew we had to build an audience. And through that journey, we've actually started three different podcasts. And each time we got it slightly less wrong. You know, we, 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 we realized that we needed to have a slightly tighter top of the funnel. We had a show which was about general generic marketing. It had the best name of any podcast ever. I think it's even still online. It's called Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Great name. Unfortunately, great name. <laughs> unfortunately, too broad. It's getting people from anything about marketing through to... 
hey, I want to use surveys for segment for email segmentation is a bit of a journey. And no one really talks about that when you're learning about funnels. So we realized we had to tighten that. And so we started the email marketing show because we know if we build an audience of people who are doing email marketing, want to do email marketing, want to do more email marketing, then response is ultimately a solution for them. And it helps also that we've got a, a bunch of products now as well and trainings that help people with their email marketing. So that's how we ended up doing it. And we were really keen by Rob's own admissions, I'm not speaking out of turn here. Um, I'm, 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 a, I'm a super creative. Like when we come up with something, a new idea for like how we're going to, my whole thing is how do we make this different to, where ev- to the way that everybody else does it though? Like I don't want to just be another interview show. I don't want to be just another duo even, even though a duo is quite an unusual thing. And so we use both of our skills, Rob's very systematic approach to build the show, my creative approach to build the show. And that's where the show sort of came from. Excellent. And I really like that. Like one of the things I'm really big on in podcasting and I had much as a similar experience is my first podcast, as much as I put in a hundred episodes, a lot of money on ads and like trying to do all the technical things right. I ultimately went way too broad myself. And then I found myself in a very, very specific niche now um, and also on a very specific name. Like this is the business of podcasting. Like it is what it is in the title. Uh, and as one of my friends says, uh, it does what it says on the tin uh, is his little saying there. And I feel like that's the, a very similar journey you guys have been on with your own show. And I, I'm really curious um, from your perspective here, Rob, then how has it been in the transitioning to talking about a specific thing and a really niche thing versus general marketing? Have you found the ability to cut through or cover things more relatable or how have you covered that with content? I can't decide actually whether it was more complicated than I expected it to be or whether it was easier than I expected it to be when we made that transition. I'm trying to, it, it, it came very naturally. I think it was useful that we we actually overlapped the podcast. So we had two for a while uh, because we knew that we had, we wanted to get to a hundred episodes of three marketers, which we did. And then we, but we didn't want to wait until we got to a hundred episodes to start the new ones. We started the new one alongside the old ones. We had two for about probably about three months uh, while we sort of wrapped that old one up and uh, loved doing it. So I think having those two at the same time gave us a lot of flexibility because we got to talk to a load of amazing guests about a bunch of different things at once at the same time as going really niche and specific. And I think it wouldn't have worked. It definitely wouldn't have worked had the new thing we were talking about been just because we needed to serve the purpose for our business, but we weren't that interested in it. So like, there's loads of marketing topics we could have gone deep on for our new podcast because it would have served a business purpose, but we would have just hated it and run out of ideas really quickly and not really cared. So I think because we're so obsessed with the topic, that made it really enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. Like One of the things I look back on is like when I had a broad show, like ultimately it, make it, it made it really hard to cut through the noise or talk about things in detail. And I mean, to the example of this show, it's like, you know, if I did an episode on podcasting in that old podcast, it would have instantly repelled like 80% of the audience um, where it just like it really limited what we could do and what we could talk about. And then particularly like how well it did in promotion itself. So it kind of feels like you guys have made that transition really well. And even to the point there, when I was uh, listening to your show today, like I really enjoyed the way your show was really specific. Um, So for example, I listened to like some general uh, marketing podcasts, which are fun and do have their thing, but specifically being able to talk about email tags or specifically about like building your email list or uh, different ways uh, to be more persuasive was really, really interesting. Now, 
what I would kind of like to discuss here is like, how do you guys decide what content to make in your podcast today? Like, is there, I mean, it's really interesting. I'll go a little bit deeper here. When you're coming up with these topics, like how do you actually decide and then cover that in your podcast? Right. So the the whole system is, you know, very scientific. It's literally not. It's literally we use MindMeister, other brainstorming mind mapping tools are available. And we we use that to literally throw in ideas as they come to us in everyday life. We get support tickets, we look in our Facebook groups, we look in Facebook groups we're a member of. We're a huge fan of being immersed in the market. So find other Facebook groups in our market about email marketing and look at what are people talking about? What are they asking questions of? And the real gold in those for me is not the question that's the main post in the Facebook group, but it's the sub questions that happen in the comments. That's where you really get some nuggets because people drill down and really get specific. And then we just, as we're talking about stuff we're doing in our business, stuff that people who are a member of our membership program, the league, which is again, a, a training sort of membership thing about email marketing. We get feedback from those people. And it's all of those things that, which are common questions which are coming up that we push into, that we put into this MindMeister mind map. And we literally pull out all the different things on that. And we throw them in and say, is that an episode or is that part of an episode? And, and that's one way. The other way is by having we did something unusual, which is most most shows are either solo shows where it's the podcaster talking about their thing, or their interview shows where every every episode is is an interview. And we said, why don't we do both? Because one of the big mistakes, huge mistakes we made in our first show was that it was just interviews, which means as the interviewer, you always have to ask, uh, you have to dumb up is what we call it. You have to sort of go, oh yeah, you have to be curious, but you never get to position yourself as an expert in anything. You look like you know nothing and no one attributes you to being an expert. So what we have is an alternating week format. So we have basically two formats and one week it's Rob and I talking about a thing. The next week it's a guest. And that's where this comes in. So the the way we get the guests in is we we really ask them to focus on a specific sliver of email marketing. So we get them to suggest things and we work quite a lot harder with the guests before the show. On, when we're doing the recording, we're about to do the recording on saying, that's really good, but can you get more specific? Okay, that's good. Still a bit broad. And we literally want people to walk away with one takeaway from that show that you can actually go and implement. And that's the format of the show really. And so that was actually the next question I was going to ask because that is a very unique thing. And then on the other side of that, it's quite unique to have two people um, interview one guest. So I wanted to ask even deeper to that, when you are interviewing a guest in this uh, time, how do you divide up how to go about that interview? Because what I found interesting is the way you put questions to a guest was from completely different angles. And I'll give you an example. What? was I listened to an episode where you were talking about email tagging. Uh, which was which was quite interesting, and uh, yeah. Kennedy, like straight out, you were like, oh, "I'm so guilty of this," and pretty much like, "No tags, not doing it." I'm exaggerating, but to the point. And then uh, Rob's answer was, "Actually, I've got a spreadsheet for this, right?" So there's this really <laughs> polar <laughs> dynamic that comes through in your content, and I wanted to know if it's intentional. Like, is there some means to that, or is that just how you guys naturally work together, or how do you divvy it up to interview so- and cover perspectives? We're quite lucky in that 
so as well as our own business, we have separate businesses as well, but we also know the sort of fairly intricate workings of each other's businesses because we quite often help. Um, and therefore, Kennedy knows what I'm like and I know what he's like and I know where he's strong and weak and he knows where I'm strong and weak. And I think that when it comes to interviewing a guest, well, first of all, we don't write the questions in advance. We used to do that. And we just found that for our personality, suddenly we became totally wooden when interviewing and stopped being Robin Kennedy, these entertainer folks. And we just couldn't do it. Well, it probably took us 40 or 50 episodes of the last podcast before we realized we just, we came off and suddenly we would, we, you know, we would swear when we're back to being ourselves again. We say, why can't we be like that on our podcast? Why is, why are we so newsreader suddenly on the podcast for no reason? Uh, and one of the things we <laughs> I'm found actually- was... I'm just gonna. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but it's like I actually think it's because we've seen newsreaders. I think we're all wired to think that that's what it's like because I think <laughs> every podcaster I speak to is fake for the first ten episodes, like completely right. fake, and then they develop their own style or everything like that. And like more often than not, it's like making it less formal. So like I, ha- I'll be fully uh, transparent here. Like I have bullet points and some things I want right. to cover, but if I right. script this, like this would be the worst interview ever. <laughs> Ever, ever. We we went from writing every question to having bullet pointed topics. And now because like a lot of the time between somebody filling in our application form to say, I want to be on the podcast and telling us what they think they're going to talk about and getting to the episode where actually I would say at least half of the time, the thing they end up talking about isn't the thing they put in the form because time has happened and there's something more relevant to them or they say something and we're like, can we talk about that? Um, and in that process, we because because we don't know what they're going to talk about, we can't really easily write the questions, and so it is it is completely made up as we go along, completely, and therefore there's just lots of uh, it's it's a, it's a na- I think it's a, a natural understanding of each other and what we're likely to say next. Occasionally, one of us will think of a question and scribble it down and point at it and say, "You ask that." And there's lots <laughs> of under the camera. There's lots of under the camera <laughs> camera finger pointing. When, <laughs> I'll say a little bit. That's the other one. I'll say a little bit, then you. Yeah, yeah. We do this a lot. We do like, I've got a little, this, when we do this to each other, it usually means I've got like a little snippet, a little witty, snappy thing to say, but then it is you again, even though it's your turn. I think the other thing we do as well is because we're from a very improvisational art form where you are live on stage, we're used to carrying the conversation forward. So when we listen to other podcasts to, to learn how to be better podcasters, one of the things we notice is interviewers who are less experienced or just not good take the conversation in circles and don't allow it to progress. Whereas what we should be doing is playing the yes and game, which is an improvisational theater game where you go, that's really good. And, and sort of progressing the narrative rather than going, oh, and how did you do that? Oh, by the way, four questions ago, you asked this thing, dude, you take me back in time. Let's progress the narrative of this thing. And I want to just be totally transparent about something. We, it took us about 50 episodes of the old podcast to become Robin Kennedy. It then took us four episodes of the new podcast to also be Robin Kennedy again. Because when you set the reset button on a new podcast, suddenly it's time to be puppets again. Don't know why, it does, it does just happen. It's, it was made worse, I think, by the fact the new podcast is recorded end-to-end live. Uh, well, not live, but we don't we don't edit it or anything. And therefore, Kennedy's pushing all the buttons on the device and we've got to keep it. It has to be good. Like It's not like we can just go, oh, hang on a minute. Let's go back and do it again. Um, so that was, I think that was, that was a weird thing. 
Yeah, it's quite interesting. I think your um, background in entertainment has served you well here. And uh, to go into that point a little bit further, I, I commonly see that uh, podcasters resist developing the skill of being a host. Like it becomes about promoting it or finding the guest or whatever it is, but it's not something they actually um, look at. And the, and the way I kind of think about it is it's like saying I can compete in a running race against Usain Bolt. Like some people have natural <laughs> gifts like he does. But you have to accept there's like training and experience that come into that as well. And I mean, this segues perfectly into my next question here. Um, one of the things I think you've done really well within your own show is you actually, uh, in all honesty, bring humor to it and entertainment value. Like I almost wasn't expecting when I started your podcast, it was like the way you introduce each other has a, has a comical way. And the one that I thought was like a little bit random, but actually uh, broke the ice really well was when Rob said that Kennedy can tell the difference between Pepsi and Coke. Like right. it was just this little intro that kind of seeded who you guys and brought humor to it. And right. it, it feels like that is the authentic version of you guys. How intentional are you with keeping it fun, adding those types of things um, and having that in your show? Mm. Yeah, we're very, very intentional about that. So the introduction, rather than it just being, what we've got to remember is we don't just want listeners. We want, we don't want somebody to listen. We want listeners or we want subscribers. We want people to keep coming back. So every single episode, Rob and I introduce each other with another fact. So it's not the same fact every time. So it might be Kennedy has never tried eggs, which is true. I've never eaten eggs, right? Very strange. Well, maybe that's a different, very deep and strange conversation to have. But but then Rob also cried at the Penguin Parade at Edinburgh Zoo. Or So every single episode, the, the listeners are, are hearing and learning more about us. And what that does, obviously, is it builds massive rapport in this intimate, which is an already intimate medium, which is podcasting in right inside of people's heads. We hear that a lot. But how do we make it even more intimate? Well, we do that by building rapport. How do you build rapport? Well, you find out secrets about people. That's one of the things. So if you know things about people which are a little bit intimate, uh, no matter how, you know, on that scale they might be, that's one way. So we do that. So we have little secrets about each other that we talk about. The second one is humor is a really good rapport builder. Think about the people you think are the nicest people. They're probably the people who make you laugh the most or make you cry the most or at least have an emotive response. So but also because we're naturally from a world of comedy, we both love comedy. We we have to bring that. We we are, we do have a conversation after every recording, going, "How us were we? Okay, I think we were us enough, or did we go too far? Actually, we went beyond us, and that we were trying too hard. And we just need to keep it within that sort of nice sweet spot. So the humor is definitely intentional and. In order to facilitate that, we've got features throughout the show that allow, that force us to do that for the occasions when we're just in a bit of a grumpy mood or one of us has got a headache or it's been a bit of, bit of a long day because we've done a 24-hour podcast or something like that. So super intentional, Charlie. Uh, it's something that I, I haven't really recognised in a show as much as yours is the importance of having some brand polarisation. Like it's very clear in listening to this show, you're either going to really be into you guys and the dynamic or you're not, and it's not for you. And the great thing about that is I think it probably leads to a very high quality lead or customer or people you generally engage with on the back of that, which is really, really interesting in itself. Now, it, I mean, this is the th uh, part of the conversation where I almost want to shift gears because I feel like this is the thing I'm really curious about from here. 
every podcaster I've spoken to with a substantial show or is doing quite well from podcasting, email plays a vital role in that. And you'll see a lot of podcasters focus on list building from their podcast. And they'll also reference many have on this podcast already that their email list is where they actually convert uh, leads into sales or take that next step with that. Being this is an area of specialty for you both. How do you think about the combination of podcasting and email and how do they work together? I think originally when we first ever started the first podcast, we thought, great, we have a podcast that's going to get us a billion listeners in three minutes. And then we'll tell those people about a thing and they'll go and give us their their, their credit cards or email addresses. They'll buy or they'll hang around very quickly buy, and then that'll be golden. And we very much saw it as the podcast is what gives us this avalanche of traffic that we need in order to fuel the business. And it was probably about halfway through recording three marketers walk into a podcast and that wasn't happening just for total transparency and we thought wow the podcast must be wrong and i think we spent ages saying well how can the podcast be better how could we be better maybe the guests could be better maybe the content could be better you know we spent ages trying to figure out how do we make that dynamic work rather than say is that actually what happens is that actually how this is supposed to work and so eventually we came to the realization from talking to other podcasters and from just brainstorming it out we came to the realization that actually it isn't just about using the podcast to gather listeners and it shouldn't be. Isn't it better if we can get this dynamic where we have other list building things going on over here, building our list and getting customers and we have the podcast happening on the other side and the podcast, sure, that's going to fuel some people over in that direction, but that email list that we build in its own right is also going to send people over to the podcast. And actually the podcast doesn't just serve those people who've never bought from you before. The podcast should be the thing that they never want to stop listening to. And so I think even you know our highest value clients and customers should still be and are tuning into the podcast, the email marketing show every week, because that it continues to deepen that relationship with them, you know? So when you become a really big fan of a TV series, you don't say, well, that's good. I'm a fan of that now. I won't watch the next season. Uh, and I think it's really important that, that you get this cyclical effect where the podcast powers the list, but also your list that's coming from elsewhere as well is continuing to serve the podcast. So, you know, we use the we certainly do use the podcast as a tool to get customers into the business, but also making sure that we email them every week, every Saturday at the minute about the new podcast episode and make sure that we, we send them back in the other direction as well. And then you get that hit the term, but that flywheel effect that everyone talks about. It's a really interesting point of view. And I'm kind of glad you brought it up because I, I do often think that podcasters don't think of their podcast as actually an engagement tool or a nurturing tool for people that are already uh, with them. And it's like, okay, well, it's this progressive game or viewing everything as a funnel. Like it's just, oh, we get them to here, then we get them to here, then we get them to here. When the reality is, is that, as you said, is like your best customers probably still tune in for that, that fix. So really interesting from there. So, um, and one of the things you just touched on, have you had any success in taking people from your email list who maybe have never listened to the podcast and making the pathway, so to speak, email into podcast instead of podcast into email? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have. And I think, I mean, look at anybody who's launched from, from ground zero up to a really successful podcast really quickly. Some of the big podcasts, especially in marketing, have come from, right, we're going to start a podcast. How do we make it so that it really hits a home run the first time, the first out of the gate? And the way they do that is they email their list and go, we're launching a podcast. Do you want to listen to us chat about our 
Bing every now and again. A really simple way we've done this is one of the features of the email marketing show is a listener's question. And we, we actually don't call it listener's question just for, just to be irreverent. We call it, what would Julie Andrews do? Just to make it fun. So we literally have a listener record either by a voice message on Instagram or a voice message through our website using a SpeakPipe, a really cool tool. They can record their question about email marketing. We play, we, we load it onto the, uh, we use, we use a Roadcaster Pro. So we, we load that onto the, one of the sound pads. We play that into the podcast and then Rob and I answer the question. And we've got two minutes. We've got like a two minute countdown timer piece of music in the background. And the reason we do that is it allows us, we have that feature and we have another feature called subject line of the week, which is every single week we, we could talk about a subject line. And, that, and, we, and when it's Rob and I's episode, we talk about another person's subject line. So we might talk about, okay, this week's subject line is whatever. And, and this is from Charlie Valor and this is what he talked about. And this is why it's really good. Those two features are there not by accident, but they're there because it allows us to email our list and say, hey, do you want to submit something for this to create some engagement from the list? Because engagement is not opening your email. That's the big thing people say, oh, what's my engagement? Well, how are you measuring that? I think until somebody takes an action, replying to an email, clicking on a link and doing something, they haven't engaged. That's one of the reasons. The second and the most important reason we have those kind of features in the show is because we get to then tag people, hey, this week at Charlie Valor from Valor Media, um, we, we feature your your subject line of the week. It's a really good one. Everyone should listen. What's going to happen is Charlie Valor is going to retweet that or he's going to share that. So we get to tap into their audience. So we were just tapping into one person's audience every single episode, right? We were just in just tapping into the guests, guests um, audience. Whereas now we get to tap into at least two or three people's audience in every episode, which is, which is really nice too. So going back to the question though, yeah, definitely moving people over from engagement and moving them back and forth between those two things to have that long-term relationship. Uh, we've seen massive success on doing that. Do you think there's merit in the idea that if you're a podcaster trying to grow your show, perhaps considering, hey, let's work on building our list through other avenues and bring them to the podcast as a, as a deeper step rather than treating it as front-end content? Because one of the things I really uh, see a lot of it's things like audiograms don't tend to do well. They don't really actually drive people to a podcast itself. Um, so there's a lot of people just trying to take people direct to a podcast, not in ways I would do it, but ways I see that is just going to cause them friction where they could actually be focusing on list building, competitions, giveaways, quizzes, things that might actually work in those domains and then kind of back end it, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we, we we have done, and I think we are still using audiograms at this exact moment, although that may be a decision that changed in a meeting we had the other day. I'm just trying to think it wasn't a direct conversation, but perhaps I think, yeah, that the, the knock-on effect of that conversation is that we probably won't do them anymore. Um, I think that... Well, I, while you're thinking, Rob, I, I'm, my, I'm thinking the problem you've got, if you just drive, and we're doing both of these things, right? So... Mm. If you're driving people to your podcast, you you spend money on an ad or you spend money on the giveaway or you invest time. So you invest in something and you move them from a platform that you've paid for onto a platform, podcasting, that you also don't have the data from. So you still actually don't own anything at this point. You still, all it's your very move fuzzy. is... 
It's very fuzzy. You don't own their data. You can't reach out and contact us. You, you've gone to the shop and you've, you've handed some money across and you've walked out the shop and gone, well, that was nice. You didn't, you left without the chocolate bar. Like you don't have anything in exchange for that transaction, right? So um, I know it's a mad analogy, but uh, so I think probably moving people and something we're not doing amazingly at right now, because growing the podcast is not the bit we are strong at. Having improved and getting better at content is our strength. I, I would say, and and having a good experience with guests, I think is pretty good too. But I think moving people onto your list to drive into your podcast, but that does flip upside down the main reason a lot of us start a podcast. Most of us start a podcast because we think it's an audience growth channel to move people into our email list. But because discoverability, while it's on the up, and thanks to Spotify and many others, there are, there are now discoverability methods with podcasting. I, I would say podcasts are still not, and have certainly not been in the past, a discoverability channel. They're not an audience building channel. They're a relationship deepening channel. We, we have this analogy we use, which is basically social media is, um, is, is your audience building channel. And that's a bit like if you're a rock band and you play at a festival where there's lots of other bands on, let's say you're the killers, right? So you've got, there's loads of people, hundreds of thousands of people at this fantastic, fantastic festival. And I, I think the, the killers are all right. I've heard their, their music on the radio. It's, it's all right. And then they come on stage and they are amazing. At that point, when I'm at the festival, there's loads of people there, but they're not all there to see you. That's social media. Whereas the moment I decide to subscribe to your podcast, or your email list, that's me having seen you at the festival and said, I'm going to buy a ticket for your concert. That's the difference. So social media, the audience building platform, that's the festival. But coming to your podcast and coming to uh, your email list, that's the ticket for your event where they're there to see you. And I think many of us, including us, have imagined it the wrong way around for such a long time. And we are much, much, much better at the email building bit, driving them to the podcast. So the the podcast serves our audience that we build elsewhere much more than the other way around. Isn't that interesting? I I would agree with a lot of you guys have said there. I think uh, when I started, especially, I thought it was that way as well. I thought the podcast was the audience builder. So one of the things with this show is we intentionally do video And uh, I'm often asked, like, why do you do a video podcast? Like, it's a really common question I get because it is a bit extra work. I mean, you know, it takes a bit of time to put this together. You know, I can't just roll up to these things. (laughs) Um, But um, the big reason for us is the ability to turn it into video ads. Like, it's actually that is the component that allows us to use it as front-end content. So we cut a little short snippets, we make a lot out of it, and that's been a really good leverage piece for marketability on the front end. When I did an audio-only podcast, though, trying to push that across and treat it as that front end was a nightmare. I'm not saying it can't be done. There's probably people out there who have done it or got on early and on the rest. But when I speak for the masses or what I see working today, I I would almost say there's a lot to be said about thinking of the podcast as a a second component in some cases. It's that relationship builder or that conversion tool. And many people on this show have actually kind of referenced it in the same way. All right. 
Next thing I want to jump into here and uh, I think is really interesting, as I uh, always do when I send out a form for someone to come on this show, I always say is, look, is there anything you particularly think you can add value to to podcasters? Mm -hmm. And I got a really interesting reply. And I think a lot of podcasters, as you say this, are going to cringe because I know they do a poor job, um, is actually uh, your guest process. So preparing guests and having them on your show. And I'd love for you guys to speak into that and talk about how you've improved this. Sure. One of the things when we first started, and then I'll let Rob go into the actual process. One of the things we got a lot of feedback on our, our old pod, our first podcast was, wow, from guests who were like really big marketers. Because one of our main reasons for doing a podcast, by the way, is access to people. It's not just to build our audience. It's about who we're interviewing. Uh, but anyway, that's a, by the by. One of the things people were saying to us, the guests were like, wow, your process for having guests is brilliant. And we're like, is it? Like, Surely it's just whatever, whatever what you would do, what we send you a link and like you show up and we do an interview and everything's good. And they're like, no, it's really good. And we're like, okay. And then last year we were interviewed. Part of our strategy for growth is being interviewed on other people's podcasts. Hurrah, look where we are. And we were interviewed on more than 60 podcasts last year, which was uh, no mean feat. But then we realized how good our guest process is. <laughs> I mean, so, this. So, before partly, we get into that, before we get, what were the terrible ones? T- tell me what the ones are. You just go, look, this was like, we've got to set some context because uh, to fill right. you in, right? I thought I was a, when I lived in my last place, there was this gym, right? And I trained at this gym and I thought I was, a, I thought I was king of the jungle, right? Because I was the big guy in the gym. So I thought the standards I was doing were enough. And then I changed gyms and realized, holy, I, I am not good at this at all. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like when we're in our own environment, sometimes we can think or set standards that perhaps at the benchmark. So let's let's set a benchmark here. What's the poorer ones we've seen here? Well, I remember a day where we were interviewed to be on a podcast and at the time we bent over backwards to be on podcasts, as in we didn't have like a specific set of dates and times we were willing to do. Like within reason, we would travel to the office and we, we used to have an office. We'd go to the office and we would do an interview pretty much any time. And I remember... We were driving into the office and I live like uh, 45, 50 minutes away from there. And Kennedy's like 25 minutes, something like that. We're driving into the office to do an interview for somebody's podcast at about 7 p.m. on a Saturday. So, you know, the internet lifestyle in its (laughs) finest. From a beach (laughs) with the sun. Anyway, continue. Exactly. (laughs) So we were driving to this to the office to do this thing at 7 p.m on a saturday not what we really want to do at 7 p.m on a saturday just being completely transparent as much as i'd like to be on the podcast and but we you know we got there and we're happy and the we opened up the calendar invite and there was no link to get on the call and we didn't have one in our emails and we messaged grace in our uh, who was at home obviously working she she didn't have it either and when we looked at the calendar invite the guy who was interviewing us he wasn't in the calendar invite it was just me and kennedy and grace in the calendar invite so we don't we know who he is but we've got no way of contacting him so we now have to fu- like that that's the level of and it's that's not the only time that that exact experience has happened a couple of times usually when we've gone out of our way to be there when we wouldn't normally be there anyway so that that i think that's the level of some podcasts process. Okay. So I think that most, I'm hopeful many would be above that, but that's like, I I want podcasters to think like, if you're going to have someone on who here, who is about to deliver like good content for your audience, I'm sure stressing about the link and how they can contact this person is exactly how you want to enter this conversation. Like, like that's the pro way. 
I'm surprised when I contact people to be on our podcast, I'm surprised how many people's reply, and that, that who, these are people who are on lots of podcasts, I'm surprised by how often their reply is, yeah, great, send me a, send me a calendar booking link and I'll, I'll book in. I'm like, whoa, you've missed a big step there. I mean, we will send you one, but not yet. Um, because that's for us, isn't the start of the process. That's what happens just when it's about to happen, like quite near the process. Um, so yeah, our process is quite strict. I think, so, I mean, should we go into that now? Yeah, let's, let's do this. Dun, dun, dun. This is the end of part one of this episode with Rob and Kennedy. I'm ending and wrapping this one up here because there is plenty more gold to come and I didn't want to finish the interview at this point. So I hope you've enjoyed part one here. Next week, we'll be going into part two of this and really specifically talking about the system these guys use to book guests in on their show and then actually have them promote well after they've been on the show and the episode is published. So I think you can really look forward to that one. I learned a lot from this next episode that I thought I was doing some of these things really, really well, only to see that there's another level to be played with this and there's some things I've taken and implemented right away. So a little bit of a sneak peek and tease into what's coming in next week's episode. You won't want to miss this one. If you did enjoy this, please make sure to subscribe to the show and jump on that email list so you can get regular updates from us. So I'll catch you next week on part two of this episode.